difference One cup at a time So be sure to grab your tea Grab a seat And tune in to Miss Liz Tea time Making a difference One cup at a time Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Tea Time with Miss Liz again, and we are here with evening tea. So if you are home and it is evening, wherever you are tuning in, please grab your tea, grab your hot beverage and tune in and get your questions and comments ready. And let's support the incredible guests that I have joining me tonight on Tea Time. Tonight, I have an incredible producer, director and author from Hollywood, veteran from Hollywood, who will be sharing on time out children's books so a little bit on rachel knee hall and the disclaimer and then we will jump in and serve and spill the tea tonight on tea time with miss liz disclaimer for miss liz's tea times live show miss liz is going live myself using Streamyard. before leaving a comment please grant Streamyard permission to see your name at streamyard.com please be advised that the content brought forward to any of my Tea Time shows hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, we bring forth dialogue and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the given time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participation are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions of for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion, forms only to offer and inspire awareness and connection, and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about this disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in the show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. Should you decide that the show at this time is not made for you, I will see you at a future show at a later date. And now I'm going to bring up the incredible Rachel Nee Hall, and I'm going to introduce her. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. Now, it's when you mentioned hot beverage, I thought to myself, no, not here, because it's about 100 degrees in Los Angeles. So I think I'll stick with iced tea if that's okay. Well, iced tea is good, right? The iced tea and Long Island iced tea is yes. good. Any kind of tea is good. <laughs> but we we're really we really don't need to have any drinks right now because it is hot here, too, in, in Canada. So, Rachel, I really want to thank you for joining me. So a little bit to the viewers and listeners out there. I'm just going to read a little intro of Rachel, and then we will get into these incredible books called Time Out. So Rachel Nee Hall is a veteran director and producer of Hollywood. As a member of the Director Gell of America for nearly 20 years, Rachel has directed and produced countless television shows, including Dr. Phil, Entertainment Tonight, The New Ricky Lake Show, The Doctors, and Ivana. Ivana. That's a hard one, right? That's a tongue twister. And uh, uh, Fix My Life for the and for the Oprah Winfrey Network. Rachel also spent a decade in front of the cameras 
honoring her writing and producing skills as a news anchor, reporter, and producer for CBS-owned and operated news stations across the country. Incredible, incredible bio. If you'd like to know more on Rachel, you can check out her full bio on Ms. Liz's Tea Times Facebook page or her link, my link. So Rachel, now it's your turn. I'm giving the floor to you. So how did it all start and what are these timeout books? Well, it, the timeout books uh, were actually a fruition of a personal experience that I had. I had uh, an acquaintance who, whose husband was uh, incarcerated for a time and she had two youngish children who she wanted to bring in into prison to see the father, but uh, she could only bring one in at a time. So she asked if I could come along. And so we, we drove and um, when we got there, she was able to take one child in. So I sat with the other child. He happened to be a, a younger boy. I'm gonna say maybe he was seven. Oh, wow. um, and at the most, maybe even younger. Um, enough to know something's not normal and, um, you know, it's, it's hard, I think, to really open the floor and have clear communication when you're in it, because undoubtedly, I, I am not going to speak for this particular woman, but undoubtedly a person is going to feel some anger, some resentment toward the spouse, um, shame, uh, confusion, all these emotions. And so it's really hard to find the words that are perhaps not um, pejorative, perhaps that aren't, you know, um, over the, you know, too sophisticated. And yet one in 12 or some 6 million American children under the age of 18 have had a parent incarcerated. Wow. So that could mean jail, prison, uh, you know, other, other, just, you know, out of the home and, you know, could be a halfway house where they can't be, you know, accessed, lots of things. Uh, but that's a lot of lives that are impacted by something that they had nothing to do with. Exactly. And, and that is, that is the plight of a child, isn't it? Yeah. We have untold power, whether we like it or not, over their emotional development, their emotional health. So getting back to why I wrote the book, the, the friend of mine was gone for probably 30 minutes. And I remember this uncomfortable, and I, I knew this, this child pretty well. It wasn't, I wasn't a stranger. And I, tried to open up the conversation. How are you feeling? Is this uh, upsetting? You know, all these things that were not working, by the way. I could just see this happening. Because he undoubtedly had all the feelings that I thought perhaps a, a, a spouse would have about a person who is incarcerated. Pissed off. I don't get it. What did you do? Why am I being impacted? So understandably angry. So I'm thinking, I'm kind of looking around, you know, there are a couple of people, magazines and some things around, people left behind a book. And I'm like, is there a pamphlet to guide somebody on how to talk to a child around this age? And there wasn't. And I was like, well, there sure should be. And um, 
I, I actually did use the timeout. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a, you know, obviously a, a parent technique, um, the timeout strategy or, you know, example analogy with him. And I said, gosh, you know, it's really hard when, when uh, people do things where they just need time to sit back and, you know, like a timeout, right? Like, yeah. like you probably have a timeout. I love it. I love, I love the name timeout. Like we all need timeouts. It wasn't, listen, Liz, it wasn't a genius idea. It was, yeah. you know, a need that obviously needed to be filled. And because I, I told a friend about this. I said, gosh, it was just so uncomfortable. And I wanted to say something wise and comforting and, and, you know, something that would make him feel better. And I just, uh, um, so, you know, of course I came home and Googled and saw very nothing, actually nothing. Well, that's what, even when I was doing the research leading up to this tea time, there's, there's nothing out there. Yeah. It's kind of shocking because, um, as I said, a lot of children, have been dealing with this throughout their lives and it does mm -hmm. have long-term impact. I am um, still very close with the children who I sort of wrote these books for and they're adults and um, they feel impact. You know, it's, it's not like it, daddy's out. There was a divorce, you know, not surprisingly yeah. um, daddy's out and they're trying to have a relationship, but, but, but going through that as a child and having that shame, like, Dad can't come to the parent-teacher conference. Why? Dad can't go to the father-daughter dance. Why? Um, all of these things, right? I mean, it's yeah. it, it's. I, I would imagine very much like losing a parent. You know, this this whole, of course, is shame. When well, it's part of a grief, right? Because yeah. your, your life is being changed. Yes, yes, there is grief involved, and that is one thing that I know one of the children tells me about. Um, so. The, the timeout book, I, it had been sitting in my, in the back door, in the back, in the back of my brain for, I don't know, 10 some years and pandemic hit. And as you know, I'm a, you know, television producer. I'm usually very, very, very busy. Yeah. And um, like everyone, um, it was either eat and drink <laughs> for two years or be productive. And so I thought, Good golly, I'm going to just see if I can do this. And um, thankfully, uh, a publisher had heard about my idea and said, yes, let's do this. So um, it wasn't a self-published or anything. So that was a beautiful gift. Um, yeah. But um, I did consult with many experts, um, judges, therapists, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers. Um, and people that had gone through this, this experience. And so I, I ran, I, I wrote the stories the best, to, the, to, to where I thought I would want to read this to my child if I were in this situation. And it, uh, you know, it passed muster. So I, I feel really confident that it's a healthy and it's not a harmful, it's very, um, I mean, it's, it's written for the mind of a three to you know six-year-old who wants to just be taken out of their current situation so i'm we're not we're not talking about them we are sharing a story about a bunny you know or a sea otter 
who's gone through this or um, you know, a puppy. And it, it's just, it, it, from what I can tell is really, really, really helpful in speaking to these, these children and letting them know that um, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to miss the parent or the mother, you know, the, the father or the mother. I have a mama's timeout. I have a peanuts timeout and that's for a sibling or a cousin or somebody who's, you know, not necessarily a parental figure, but it's important in their lives. Yeah. And I made them, you know, very specific for those particular needs. And, um, and I, I think it's been very, very effective. So which one was the first one that you wrote, Rachel? Um, the first one was daddy's timeout. So it was daddy's. Yeah. And that was because that personal experience where my, my friend, um, my friend's children had a daddy who was gone for years. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, we've all, I, I don't know, a lot of people have been incarcerated, but I sure do for one reason or another. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've known mommies that have gone away for a time to get better, you know, um, I've known uh, big brothers and big sisters who you know, spend extended times in, you know, away incarcerated. Um, so I, I, that's where I really thought I needed all three. So, I mean, yeah. the, the thing that people perhaps forget is that children who are impacted by incarceration, whether it's parents or a sibling or whatever, and this is documented, are twice as likely to have behavioral or or mental and emotional health problems during their development and that includes aggression so there's where we get that secular you know mommy and daddy were in jail yeah. and then all of a sudden something aggression depression anxiety and suicidal ideation this is not a light topic this is no no <laughs> this is not that is extremely important to address head on. And, you know, again, it's, it's for a younger child, but imagine a younger child that somebody's just like, well, let's just sweep this under the carpet and daddy went on a vacation. And then later finds out, no, daddy did not go on a vacation. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I mean, if they take them somewhere and then most of the time, a, a, the other spouse is, is going to take the children to visit most of the time. Um, so again, th this confusion can just fester and um, really, really come out, you know, like a big old ugly cyst somewhere else in their life. And, yeah. and you know, since you talk about trauma, then yeah. um, this certainly is a, a form of, of childhood trauma. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel, I, I I feel like where I want this book. This book isn't for everybody, but where where I would love to see this book is obviously in the lobbies of prisons and jails, and but in the back of a social worker's truck when absolutely when right? dad or mommy has been taken away by the police, um, or uh, you know possibly even in you know, I mean, obviously in therapist's office. Uh, but I also think that in a school library, because there's a, there, there are a lot of children who are maybe a little bit older and 
uh, don't know how to reach out for help. And again, the other parent perhaps is not in an emotional position to give healthy dialogue, you know. So yeah. I would like for students, for, for school counselors to know about it. So um, that, that's my goal. I, you know, I, I, just, I just want these out in as many hands as they can help. Well, I think it would be really interesting to have it in the libraries, Rachel, like you said, because sometimes kids don't want to open up and share, right? Exactly. So if they see this in the library, they can grab it themselves and they can read the story and say, hey, this is how I feel. I can right. resonate with this. I can relate to this right? because they don't want to open up, right? Because it is a grief. It is, And do you feel that there's more trauma being done by lying to the child and saying daddy or mommy's gone on vacation? And then they come out and 10 years later, they find out daddy and mommy weren't on vacation. You well, know? I'm not a therapist, but I've spoken to many and um, their, their feeling is absolutely. And that, and that surprisingly, and this is what I've gotten was, you know, I can't believe this isn't out already. Like where has yeah. it been? And um, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm really happy. It's funny how things that impact your life that, you know, happen even decades before it can come, you can, you can take that seed and you know grow something really beautiful and helpful and and that's that's what happened to me so i i hope well, it can do some good well you actually took your personal you know your personal uh view on it because you were part of it you were in that circle right exactly. so you were like i can't find any information on this so how do i fix it i i get the information out there I right. created, you right. know, and I think that's why we need to really start opening the doors when we see that things are not out there. Because like before this tea time, I was doing a lot of research and I was like, there's nothing out there. There's nothing for these kids. Mm -hmm. Why isn't there anything out there? Mm -hmm. And and that's what drew me to your books right away was because it's so different and it's so much educational awareness. Right. And it's wow. playful and it's opening the eyes of children. And I think children should be able to read stories like these. I know that they are hard to read and they are not made for all the children out there, but the children that are actually experiencing it, it's an outlet for them to go to without even going to an adult. They can actually just sign the library book out and say, hey, it resonates with me. Well, it's interesting that you say that it would be hard to read because it really isn't. Like the, the, first, we're, we're just, we're getting this, you know, really great, a, a adorable bunny, right? Hi, my name is Nipples. What's yours? Nice to meet you. What are your some of, some of your favorite things to do? So you're engaging the child. We're not reading at it. Nibblet is talking to this child, and Nibblet's going to share how his his bunny daddy did something. It would even make a good bedtime story. It it actually it, it, it's a very sweet story, and I mean, and you know, the happy ending is not that you know daddy's out and it's yeah. all, it, there's nothing like that, but it's, you know, one day I, I, I'll see him again and I will tell him it's okay. Sometimes daddies need a timeout too. So it's, you know, it's just, it, it kind of lightens the load. It really does. It makes it. And also it's not, a. they don't have to take it upon themselves. This is, Oh, my friend Niblet has the same problem. Oh, interesting. You know, and then there are also inside, there are question prompts for, because I mean, I, I try to remember my dad, if my dad would have 
read me, you're trying to tell me something like, you know, we, even, even if you had read this book, um, my dad was an old fifties guy, you know, and, <laughs> old uh, school, old school and, and he would not have known the proper follow-ups. Yeah. And so again, with the help of therapists and it, there, there's a, there's a way to gently open that door and see if that child will start to open up. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will the third time they read it. Yeah. But um, again, because the illustrations, and I take no credit for the illustrations other than they were my ideas, but I don't paint. But these illustrations are very detailed and it really gives them a lot to look at. It's know? really beautiful. Like it's real, even the wording, the letters are nice and big. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. so if you have trouble seeing, if you, you know. Yeah. And, and actually, it's almost to the point. There aren't super big words in here in terms of sophistication. This can be something the child can can read to you at one point. It can be a learning book too, right? So yeah. learning to read books. So um, yeah, I'm I I just think they're 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 beautiful. And as I said, I I take very little credit other than I had the gumption to make it happen. <laughs> but um, I really hope that they do some good. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of the way they turned out. So have you done any research like to write the books and that, and how oh. long did it take you to write these books for the viewers and listeners out there that are listening? Well, uh, the actual stories uh, I, I write for a living, you know, so it, I, I don't write books, but I, you know, write scripts and documentaries and I, I used to write news, news stories. Writing is not the issue, but it was very important to put myself into the mindset of, let's say, a four-year-old. And having raised two kids, that wasn't too difficult. And I, I, I love kids. I love kids. <laughs> I can't wait for grandchildren. Don't tell me. <laughs> Grandkids are the best. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, it's that, that and, and um, the research, I mean, it was just stunning to me. Um, I think that how many people I, you know, I mean, excuse me, uh, the research and the statistics regarding the amount of children who are impacted and particularly the, the uh, amount of children of, uh, color, uh, Native American, African American. I mean, it, it, it's exponentially, um, well, it's shocking is what it is. Um, yeah. And that's a, again, that's another reason why I chose animals. Animals, to me, you know, they 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 kind of have no gender in here. They um, certainly don't have a race. <laughs> they have a species. Um, well, I kind of like that you use the animals because we always connect with a pet, right? A lot of people will connect. Yes, with and pets. certainly a child. And I and I listen. I my goal was not to get into politics with this. Uh, in terms of we, we understand there's a mass incarceration and yeah. there's, uh, you know, definitely exponentially uneven in terms of race. Um, and, and whether or not, you know, people should be uh, incarcerated at all, you know, for a first time, felt, whatever it is, the politics are not the point. It really is about saving the children, saving yeah. their emotional health, protecting them. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly think that by writing children's books, I'm noticing this a lot with the harder subjects, reading out the, the openness in children's books, it's playful. It also brings the inner child in an adult out as well, you know, because 
as much as we say we oh we, we don't want to read a children's book yeah we do we, we want to read something that's easy we want to read something that's playful and you know with grandkids and that you want to have something that you can read to them and and explain to them about life and i find children's books has really done that i'm noticing a lot of books that are coming out are children's books with the hardest topics and they're bringing in the animal characters and that i i had uh, Car carmen swift on who was with the blind foundation and she wrote a uh, children's book about a little ducky like and Pico uh, the the ducky like it was just he had trouble seeing and stuff like that so it's playful it opens the eyes right it opens up that the mindset of can i look at this a different way a well, different perspective right i think the goal is is to normalize it so that yeah. a child feels less isolated uh, and that they understand that, you know, a good friend, my duck, this, you know, my duck, whatever that duck's name was, it's so cute. Um, you know, I'll have, I'll have to connect you too, because yeah. I'm sure you guys would love to connect. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that it, it really is about, about making sure that they feel not, you know, so that they don't feel isolated from yeah. up here and that they're, and they're maybe perhaps open to talking about it you know yeah where's your father maybe they maybe that's what normalizes it well you know he did a few things that that the judge didn't like and so now he's going to go on a timeout i was in a timeout yesterday because i you know whatever you know i, I stole a cookie and i should whatever you know yeah. I mean, it's just it's, it's really important to make them not feel isolated yeah and i really like the title i like the time timeout you know because we can all resonate with timeout. We all need some timeout sometimes. We sure know. <laughs> so, sometimes we just need to be, leave me alone. Like it's timeout time. A hundred percent. And, and you know, and a, a mother, I've heard more than one and perhaps maybe even myself, if I really, really dig deep, have said, look, I need a timeout, you know, and you go in your bedroom and you lock the door. It's not necessarily a punishment. It's yeah. a time for reflection, right? Yep. And I mean, in a perfect world, that's what prison is about. It's about um, rehabilitation, which is reflection. It's um, retraining yourself to make better choices. Yeah. And, um, and all of these things are something that we need to teach our children very, very early so that yeah. they are conditioned to stop, take a deep breath before they react just like any adult needs to right sometimes you just <gasps> time out <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i think i think it really speaks to the entire issue yeah and you, you mentioned here about the adverse uh, adverse adverse childhood experiences mm -hmm. so for the listeners out there that don't know about that could you explain a little bit more about that rachel sure sure it's a it's a psychological you know it's a certified um title for an experience that most of us have had um whether it's uh you were in a terrible car accident or god forbid you were molested anything that is adverse to what would be the ideal upbringing which god love you none of you have had <laughs> okay. many of us have been very close right um, but we, we all have some adverse childhood experiences that impacts us, that wires us in a certain way. And it will 
impact the, our behavior in the future. Now, we can intercept it, and things like this help intercept it. Yep. Uh, later on, we could get therapy and help rewire our behaviors and our thought patterns. But uh, if you really dig deep, you have had an adverse childhood, or excuse me, an adverse childhood experience. Um, I think we all have, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. If and, we're being honest with ourselves, I think we all have gone through something that could has be bullying, cost, right? You know, as a, as a third grader. Exactly. Um, anything that, that, and it's funny, I don't know about you, but all the sort of nasty things that have happened to me and, you know, nothing compared to, I'm, I'm so blessed, but let's say, you know, a kid teasing me for having frizzy hair or whatever, it was, fat, whatever it was. Or the big bell bottoms that are back in style now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, you know, the bullying, the teeth. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's almost as if it's like a, a negative of a film. It just imprints on your brain. Like you can remember, you can remember how the senses, you can remember mm -hmm. how that child smelled. You can remember how the hair was sweaty against, you know, it, 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 it makes an impression. And so the idea is to be able to, to not necessarily, you're not going to forget the impression, but you are going to rework the way that impacts you. And um, so again, you know, these are just what so many of us need to do or have done to help ourselves uh, function in the world. Yeah. I, I really, I really think that we need to start opening up, right? Because everyone has gone through some form of trauma in their life. Yeah. If you're really being honest with yourself, you know, somebody close to you, you know, somebody, it has impacted your life in a change in the matter. Even just the COVID, the, the pandemic has affected so many people's lives, children's lives, education, the education has really been, um, we've lost a lot of education during pandemic because we, we gotten a lot of more bonding with family members and stuff like that. But I found that the educational systems have really hurt because the children are confused. They're homeschooled, they're not homeschooled, they're, you know, back to school, then not to school, then, you know, there's so much going on that these children, and I don't understand why there's not enough information out there. Like, like I said, like your books are the first that I see that is hitting this topic and seeing and bringing awareness to incarceration. incarceration because we don't see anything out there. And why isn't there any? Are, are people scared to get it out there? I'm not sure, but maybe some of the viewers and listeners out there, if you have the answers, you could let us know and you know, reach out to me and Rachel and, and maybe we can get more information out there. But I'd really love to get Rachel's books out there. So Rachel, if anybody would like to get these books, where could they find them? Well, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, okay. uh, my website, <laughs> which is just Rachel Nehal, one word, author, Rachel Nehal, author. Okay. .com, .com. Um, they're really easy to find. I think if you Google them, there's been a lot, a fair amount of press on them. Um, they, so, uh, yeah, I mean, please do, you know, get back. I want to touch, if I may. Um, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Before, and that is why people have a hard time because communication has communication needs to be taught open communication clear communication non aggressive communication you know non passive aggressive communication needs to start when a child is very young 
and they're learning from a parent who may have a, you know a broken sense of communication nobody likes to have a difficult conversation yeah but that is the only way that we can all grow and also i might add not injure each other because even a even a even a parent who perhaps the child has this somewhat idyllic life because the parent wants to protect them but since the parent has not dealt with their trauma they are via osmosis whether they mean to or not impacting that child and it can't be just like i i just i i can't i can't deal with this right now i just, i i don't want to talk to it. Uh, you know um that's where you that's where you have that's where you create an emotionally intelligent person okay to be book learned book learned is one thing but will get what will get you farther in life is to be emotionally intelligent and that is learned yeah that is modeled and, and it takes repetition yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and and it may seem corny you know you just sit down at the maybe maybe your your uh, ritual is you know we have dinner at five o'clock and we go around and we and we you know talk about our day and of course kids are gonna go like oh do this but you gotta stay on it yeah you have to let them know that you are the safe set of ears and so again it's really important to know how to react to a kid who might say something very troubling to you could be you know could be well uh i i just i i hate school and i'm i decide i'm gonna drop out you know, it's not, it's, you have to, you can't be reactive. Yeah. You have to, you have to be very engaged and help them come to the realization that maybe that's not the best idea. And that's where I find a lot of parents make a mistake. They tend to tell their children what to do instead of number one, modeling the best behavior. And number two, um, letting them come to the decision themselves that you know i wonder have you thought about approaching it this way and so again it's all about communication and right. uh, and that's where i'm hoping you know the little discussion prompts in the book if a parent who's not real comfortable with communication or a grandma or a grandpa uh will be able to literally just you know read it off the page and have the child interact with you and I think that's important. Like you're mentioning supper time, dinner time, the open conversation. I find that a lot of families are not even doing that anymore. Why are we not having that open discussion? Why are we not asking our kids, how was your day? How was school? You know, did you make a new friend? You know, so I think this is a perfect time to ask you, Rachel, what is your tea? Oh, well, my tea. So I'm about engaging tomorrow's enlightened activists. I, my side job, not, not my side job, my real job, I do, um, I do as much um, activism as I can via uh, media, so documentaries, and I've tried to uh, really make sure that my children under now, uh, understand that it's, it's our duty, it's because we are so blessed here in America, most of us are just like beyond blessed. It's our duty to not take that for granted and to um, pass it on. And even one of my philosophies is called mentor one. And 
if you think about it, if each one of us took one little duckling under our wing, okay, not take over for the parent or whatever, kind of like a big sister, big brother program, but it, it doesn't have to be as formulaic as that. It can be the neighbor kid who you notice is, um, you know, mopey a lot and, and maybe you, um, you know, bring over a gift card to an ice cream store and, you know, or, or you know, have, have I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've done it in many different ways and there's no one way, there's no right way, there's no wrong way. But if we all who are lucky and blessed can take one other human being and try to pass on the love, the patience, the understanding, the eardrums, uh, I think we could really change our immediate world. I absolutely agree with that. One person at a time, you know, we don't have to get a hundred at a time, one person at a time. If you can impact and change one person's life, you have done your job. That's right. And you have made that difference. A lot of people are like, how much of a difference can you make one person and that next person will the next person. And that's how we get the ripple effect. And that's how we really change humanity and we make a difference and we make that change in the world that we are all needing and seeking. Right. Yes. And and that's what I do is one tea at a time and you're doing one story at a time when, you know, yeah. and you did mention, I've, I've been listening as you're speaking, you mentioned Big Brother and Big Sister, and that is a really important program that I think that these books would really, really work well with. 100%. Yes, yes. We need to, I, I, I really have to, I've been kind of overwhelmed with my project, my holly, my, my, you know, paycheck, right? Now. <laughs> the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't get rich on books. Anybody who's listening. <laughs> no, you but that's okay. I, you know, I'm sure I'll probably lose money in the end, but that's, that's fine. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, oh, sorry, I forgot where I was going. Uh, I, got, I got stuck on my paycheck. So, so the fact that I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to really reach out. So if anybody out there, wants to help, you know, goodness of your heart, contact yeah. Big Brothers Business, contact the, you know, social networks of, you know, of Canada. I don't know anybody in Canada, for example. Um, please do. And I know my publisher will offer a deal to these bulk sales, you know, to just get this book out there. So um, you, not, you don't necessarily have to buy 30 copies off of Amazon. We, we can yeah. Uh, contact us and we will contact the publisher and they can help with those sorts of things too. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the goal is, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it takes a village people. <laughs> it does. It, it really does. And it only takes that one person, you know, to get the ripple going, you yeah. know, drop that one little drop and then just keep it going, yeah. you know, and these books could be anywhere. They can be in hospitals. They can be in counselors uh, offices. They could be in services. They can, they could be at, events community events that are have children around you know um sometimes a book is good to read when a parent's listening to a band playing music the kid wants to tune out and read a book you know you know it's a time to break the ice another thing these books do are teach empathy and so you could read this to a child who doesn't have a parent incarcerated but they are going to learn about that and so that one day when you know the new neighbor comes by and tells them the story it's about empathy too, right? Yep. So, so they, they really kind of are for every child. 
Because every yeah. child needs to learn empathy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't even have to be going through it, right? Your parents don't even have to be incarcerated. You might have a friend that they're wondering why their dad comes in and out and their mom comes in. And the child doesn't know how to tell their friend, well, you know what? Daddy's in jail or mommy, you know? Right. So these books would actually help other children as well. Because I find that having friends, sometimes they have a hard time understanding the situation that their friend is in. So this would open that avenue as well and say, oh, I understand why he's so moody or why she's so moody or why she can't play or why they move so often, you know, like yes. the patterns, they would understand the patterns and cycles. Yes. Yeah. And incredible. And I love the, I love the characters names like Nibbit and like, <laughs> you know, and peanut. I love peanut. Like yeah. anybody who loves peanuts, come on, it's easy. It's, yeah. it's flowing and it's fun. And right. that. Right. And again, every word was, carefully chosen not only the names and the characters but every word you know in mm -hmm. here is is meant to uh not be judgmental um not necessarily you know be gender specific um you know all so it, it really it was a it was a labor of love for sure <laughs> absolutely yeah i want to get into before we wrap up your tea time rachel i want to get into a little bit of the stuff that you're doing uh, you have your production company, Silky Pants. If you could share with the viewers and listeners what Silky Pants is all about. Sure. Um, well, Silky Pants Productions is something that um, I uh, started about, oh boy, 10 years ago. Um, and uh, what my mission is to um, bring innovative television programming uh, to whomever wants to tell a story. Um, right now, I happen to be working on um, a show for OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network, and then I'm moving to another show uh, for, for ABC and on and on. But, but, it, but my love is to tell these individual stories for my clients. Um, I've done a couple of documentaries, and um, I've done, uh, you know, web series for people. And so... It's, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of specialized in terms of, I, I love to tell stories. And people who have great stories don't necessarily know how to share them. And so that's where my expertise comes in. So you said it's been running for 10 years, Silky Pants Productions? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So a yeah. whole decade. Yeah. And I, I have a website, Silky Pants Productions com, um, where I have a list of, you know, clients and I've worked with, uh, you know, Academy Award winning actors and directors and, um, you know, worked with a lot. Just it, it, I've had a very blessed career. Yeah. Um, so uh, if anybody is curious or even, you know, has, you know, questions about, hey, what does it take if I got this great great story could i make a um you know a mini documentary i just produced a mini documentary also during um during covid it was busy so good for me <laughs> and uh, uh regarding um trafficking um and i took a story about a, a, a hispanic woman who got tricked into coming to new york for a job you know, she was a young teen, or I mean, probably 17, if I recall, and um, got tricked into coming to New York for this great life and then immediately became a sex life. 
and it took her years. Because they threaten you. I mean, it, you learn so much about the predicament if it's told right in a three-minute documentary. And I've won many awards um, throughout the world <laughs> for it. So um, it can't be done. <laughs> So if anybody would like to reach out to you, Rachel, to have them have you on their show, how could they reach out to you? Uh, you can email me at Rachel at SilkyPantsProductions.com. And uh, so that's that's where you can get in touch with me. And um, I you know, look forward to connecting for sure. So Rachel, a little bit on your your Hollywood life. You've been in. You're a veteran of Hollywood. So you said over thirty years. So what was your biggest impact in all those thirty years of working with all these incredible people? Wow. I took from almost every job um, something with me, a lesson that I've learned. It can also be a, a, it could have been a negative impact and that's still a valuable lesson. I know what I don't want to do. I know how I won't treat people. And um, honestly, I've, I've had people who have just been horrific to work for, to people that I, I, I consider, you know, very dear, dear close friends, even though it was a work relationship. I've, it's run the gamut. Um, so how it's impacted me is again, I, it, how I want to treat people and, and how I want to be a leader. The best way to be a leader is not through fear. It is through trust and respect and a good laugh and maybe a little teasing. Um, so I think what I, what I took from my, all these years, including when I was a news anchor and reporter was how I wanted to lead and how I wanted to treat people with respect. And I think that is something that I can honestly say, um, I'm still working on it, but I have achieved and I'm really proud of the way that I interact with people. Wow. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing that. I was always curious, like how, how much of an impact, you know, by working with all these people, because it is a busy life. Producing, directing is a bit busy life. You are on the go all the time. There's a lot of things in behind the scenes that people don't see, right? So yes. they're, like, they're like, oh, it's so easy. Uh, no, it's not easy. <laughs> there's a lot of work behind it, right? Yeah, um, and I think there's a lot of mystery. You know, like they say, producer, what does that mean exactly? Well, the truth is there are like 10 kinds of producers. There's the producer that manages money. There's a producer that just puts people together. There's the producer that's boots on the ground, making sure everybody shows up on the set. There's the producer that, um, you know, writes and edits. So there's like all sorts of producers. I, I do several of those roles, but not all of them. So um, that that's one thing that people are kind of unclear. And also directing um, can have you can be the director of a film, you know, where you're just, you're literally calling the shots, but you don't do a lot of the producing. And then yeah. um, the kind of directing that I do is a little more uh, uh, spanned. It, I, I do, I, I, I do some of the writing, I, I do some of the producing, but then I am directing the cameras, you know, the, if they're like one camera or, or six cameras, you know, I'm calling the shots. So, um, it, it, it varies a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a vast skill set. 
Well, I think for the listeners and viewers out there, there is a lot of, like you said, there's many different producers and directors and all that as well, right? There's not just one camera. There's like six, seven cameras. So, you know, everybody, it's you really have to have that team, teammate work environment, right? And you have to, like you said, have some humor because sometimes it gets a little heavy. Some, some of the work is heavy. So you want to have that little giggle or that little, oh, I'm going to poke on that person today, you know, little pill, pills boy, you know, like a little, ooh, ooh, and let's get on and carry on, you know? So one of the things I've learned um, that, that could be um, implemented in like everyday life is that, you know, when you're, when you're working on something, people tend to be like, it's all about this. And if I feel like this, the whole you know, world's going to blow up. And, yeah. you know, I'm on a set and, and, you know, every episode is a million dollars. So it's not nothing. But, um, but I, when I see the people like panicking and freaking out around me, I go, people, this is television. This is not life or death. This is television. We are going to yeah. be okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, you know, you know, just a, a daughter in school who was stressed out because she failed, failed to test. This is not your entire life. Okay? Yeah. This is one thing. You're yeah. going to survive. It's up to you. You're going to survive. Out. <laughs> you need a timeout. <laughs> Where's that Long Island ice tea list? I don't know, but it's, it's we could use one. We could really use one. Uh, so, Rachel, if you'd like to show the books, I'd love to see the covers of each of them so okay. that the viewers can see that. Yeah. For all of the audio all audio listeners that are out there, all of the information will be in the description so you can see all of this incredible stuff. Go out and grab a book. And, you know, Christmas is coming around the corner. Get some early Christmas gift shopping and get some books for the kids for Christmas time. Yeah. You know, I know we shouldn't be speaking about Christmas. We haven't even gotten <laughs> to July yet. But, you know, sometimes there are those early shoppers out there that start in June that buy Christmas gifts. So, Penis and they're incredible. They're truly incredible, Rachel. Like the covers are. Thank you. Like yeah. really beautiful. And the colors inside are so vibrant and playful too and they're they're nice characters like they're not yeah, like they're beautifully um i hired uh, this lovely russian painter to do these. oh wow and um she, yeah very talented uh but that that was the idea and and also i you know they have the big trend now because i think it's inexpensive is to do these computer graphic books no offense to anybody who has those computer graphic books but i they freak me out i don't <laughs> I don't. I, I find I, them really hard to follow. I yeah. I just don't like to look at those those kinds of drawings. It's personal. Um, yeah. People are probably used to it, but that's why I really, really went for the beautiful hand painted detail of yeah. of these books. I'm really just um, and I like that they're pet friendly, like a bunny, you know, yeah. and a puppy, and puppy. they're playful. And an right? otter, one of my favorites. <laughs> Oh, that's an otter. I never even realized I was an yeah, otter. Yeah, that's an otter. Yeah, so. Um, and, and, and otters are, are known for holding each other and holding hands like that, you know? Yes. And this this um, this is named, but his name is Butters. Oh. And I actually named him after Butters in my life who recently passed. So um, anyway, yeah. Thank you. I I, um, I love Mama. See, Mama's, she, she took a fish she probably shouldn't have taken but she just needed to right 
Yeah. Sometimes so we're she needed a timeout. She- well, we need. Sometimes we do things yeah. because our children are hungry, right? Yeah. And we do things that we may, might not normally do. So there's there's just no shame. It's not like yeah. oh she stole something. But like, and I think that's something that we should talk about, Rachel, is because a lot of people that are incarcerated maybe shouldn't be incarcerated, you know? Again, I I, I tried to stay away from the politics of this, but I think for the adults who get these books, I think that's an interesting conversation to have. Right? Um, uh, And and also, as we know, there are many unjustly incarcerated people who had a bad trial and um you know with some of this some of the uh research that i i got for for this book was going to the sentencing project and where they take you know they take they take as close um account of who's in jail what their demographic is those who have been uh wrongfully committed you know all sorts of things like that so i mean you, you can you can you can jump in that hole and be there a while if you really want to find out some information yeah. Now, do you think that these books would help after the incarceration? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's never too late to be educated. It's never too late to um, broach an uncomfortable subject, you know, a, a difficult conversation. That's what that's what adult therapy is about, right? Right. We <laughs> with it as children, so now we yeah. go. And, and so absolutely. And, you know, and it could be that your 14-year-old is reading it to the five-year-old, but the 14-year-old is getting a little something. Yeah. Is it, is it geared for a 14-year-old? No. But does it make you think about empathy and understanding and acceptance and, um, you know, the realization that this is not your fault? None of this is your fault. Your yeah. mommy and daddy or, and or big brother love you they didn't leave because they don't love you yeah so yeah i think so so richard do you have any plans to turn these into an emanate uh, emanation ch- uh, children's show um well <laughs> funny or am i um, <laughs> well here's the thing so i told you I, I worked with a lot of therapists and yes they have talked to me about um, expanding the whole notion of adverse child reaction, uh, adverse child experience. And so I think the idea is to continue with some more topics okay. and then, um, and then yes, <laughs> perhaps get these animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you do a lot of work on discovery channel as well, don't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's certainly uh, something in, in the back of my mind, Liz. In the back of the mind. <laughs> yeah. So there might be some spilled tea along the way that is yeah. coming, you know. Yeah. And spilled tea is good news, you know. And we, we really need to start spilling and making a mess and start opening the doors and seeing things in a different light. So, Richard, I really want to thank you for coming and sharing your tea and spilling your tea. For the viewers and listeners that are just tuning in, Rachel Lee has shared about her three books called Time Out, uh, Mommy Time Out, Daddy Time Out, and Peanut Time Out. So if you'd like to grab a copy, you're more than welcome to go to Amazon or check out her website and grab a copy. And if you know somebody who's going through this and that this book might help them, reach out and grab a copy. You never know what impact you might make by just grabbing a child's book, you know, and 
our goal tonight with this tea time is to open some doors and get these books into schools, libraries, social services, uh, worldwide. Uh, Rachel's in the United States. I'm in Canada. So let's open some doors. Let's get these books in there and let's really make a difference, you know, one book at a time. And we will truly impact lives. So for anyone who would like to know more on Rachel, you can check out her website. And if you'd like to connect with Rachel and you are too scared to go through Rachel right away, I can kind of break the ice and I can do one-on-one -on -one and introduce you guys together. Uh, Rachel, again, thank you for joining me tonight on Tea Time. And thank you for bringing awareness to a subject that really needs awareness on. And for anybody who is out there and has any awareness on incarceration and or information that you would like to share with Rachel, reach out and share that with her as well. And I can't wait to see what you have in the back here because I know it'll be incredible because you have done some really incredible work. And for all the viewers and listeners out there that have tuned in tonight and will be tuning into the replay because you can tune in anytime on Miss Liz's YouTube channel or on all of my platforms and check out the tea times and check out Rachel's tea time. And for the children out there, if you want a book called Time Out, let your mommy and daddy know, you know, it's okay to ask for a book. If you want a book to understand for yourself, you know, sometimes children have a hard time asking and you little ones out there, you can say, hey, I want that book for my birthday or I want it for Christmas. There's always a way to get these books out there. So again, for any of the social workers out there, children's services out there, hospitals, medical uh, uh, practitioners, uh, hospitals, anything that is out there, if you can make a difference by getting this book into your service or in your area, we would really appreciate it. And Rachel would love to connect with you and get those books there for you. So again, Rachel, thank you so much for Tea Time. And thank you to all the viewers. And I will see you in July with five new incredible tea times with five incredible subjects to open up the awareness and we will spill the TEA. So again, Rachel, thank you so much for tea time tonight. Thank you, Liz. I really appreciate it.